Thank you, Eric. <clears throat> Last week's Sunday morning, uh, Daniel began a new sermon series for us. Just a little four-part thing where we're looking at some lessons from the Old Testament, but they're all about living by faith. How do we live by faith? How do we live uh, as, as people who are in Graceland? We talked about that in Galatians. But how do we now live? What are the skills we need in order to live a life of, of trusting God, in order to live a life of following God? And, and this morning, we're going to talk about learning to listen, learning to, to listen for God's leading, learning to listen for God's nudges. And I got to tell you, this is one of those topics. Whenever I think about listening to God's voice, this is a topic that I have very mixed feelings about, okay? When, when when I, when I hear about this, I have to be honest, and I'm going to confess to you that, that there is a part of me that starts with a fair amount of skepticism. When, when people start to tell me, when they say, Ron, the Lord told me this, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord, the Lord told me this, I have to confess that I have some skepticism. I'm not really quick to jump on the bandwagon. I'm not quick to say, that's fantastic, that's great. I, 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 I sometimes wonder We've had people here who were applying for positions. We had one time a guy who came and he said, well, God spoke to me last night and he told me that I'm supposed to get this job. We said, well, too bad he didn't speak to us because we don't think you are. I mean, it's just, it, 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 I'm sorry. We had, Tammy and I were out in California and, and a neighbor came over and said, you know, God told me, Tammy, that you're not supposed to take this other job. She had a job possibility and we were like, no, this other job is really good and we need that and it works so much better for Tammy and it fits in her skills and 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 it's like why did God miss our apartment like he was like 30 feet off you get what, what, what we, and, and so sometimes when people start to talk that way about saying God told me this God told me this I I, I wonder is it is it really God or is it just yourself that you kind of wanted something to happen and so you you said okay good it's God who told me this it's God who told me this and I and, and, and so there's a part of me that's skeptical and maybe part of my skepticism and I and I confess this just because I should let you know I, I mean maybe it comes also because I've never heard an audible voice from God I think I've been led by God I think I've had nudges from God I think I've experienced something but I have never heard an audible voice from God okay and so I, I it doesn't mean it doesn't happen okay but I have to confess, on the one hand, I, I get skeptical. I, on the other hand, as I've been thinking about this all week and last week and so on, I, I, I get very convicted because this, the Bible makes clear that God wants to communicate with us. Uh, time and time again, we learn that God is a God who loves us, who wants to speak to us, who wants to say things to us. And, and I sometimes wonder, am I the problem? Am I the one who's just not listening well enough? And, and the fact of the matter is, people I, I really do respect told me that they have heard God speaking to them. They've heard audible voices from God. And so, I, I, and the Holy Spirit, and they've gotten very specific messages. And, and it's, it's not just crackpots who say that. It'd be easier if it was, and I could just dismiss those. But there are people I really respect, people I know who walk with the Lord. And they said, you know what, I, I, God has, has clearly, I, I just know this was a word from God. This is what God spoke to me. And, and, and so I end up, on the one hand, being skeptical. On the other hand, just asking God, am I not listening very well? Am I not listening to you very well? If you are a God who wants to speak to me, if you are a God who wants to nudge me, who wants to lead me, am I not listening very well? Listening to God's voice. It is just a fascinating, important uh, topic for us discussing. It's part of that life of faith. If we're going to be led by God's Spirit, then we've got to listen for God's Spirit. We've got to listen for where God is calling us to go. So I want to think about that with you this morning. And in order to look at it, we're going to look at a story from the Old Testament. 
And, and it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. And let me kind of fill you in where we are in, in, in the book of 1 Samuel, all right? We're, we're during the time of what are called the judges, Okay, what does that mean? Well, here's the story. Israel was called uh, by God, and they were following God. And then when Joseph uh, was, was there and was alive, they went down to Egypt, and they became slaves in Egypt, okay, after Joseph died. So the people of God, you may have heard that, they were in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years. And Moses brought them out of Egypt. God used Moses to, to, to bring them out of Egypt. And so it was after that period They wandered around in the desert for 40 years, and then God brought them into the promised land, okay? That's when we're talking about. During that time, there were judges. After the judges come kings. Saul was the first king. That comes after the last of the judges, and Samuel is actually the last of the judges. So so it's in that period in between. God is, is leading his people through what are called judges, okay? It's, it's during that time period, and it was a time of real up and down for the people of God. Things were not going well, especially when you get to the end of that period. It, it, there's a cycle that happens over and over again in the book of Judges. We'll actually look at one of the stories from Judges next week, but um, it, it's a cycle that happens over and over again. God's people are, are walking with God, and things are going well, but then they kind of just start to go their own way. They start to march to the beat of their own drummer. They start to do their own thing. And, 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 and then disaster comes, and the people cry out, Oh, God, save us. And, and so God sends a judge, and God saves them. God raises them up, and, and they're doing okay again. And they're like, Okay, God, we're going to walk with you. And then not too long later, they're, they're walking their own way again. They're walking away from God. And it goes on and on. And this is in one of those periods where it's not going well. Even in those periods, there were people who were faithful. Samuel's mom was named Hannah, and she was a deeply committed person. Okay, she prayed to God. She couldn't have children for a long time, and she prayed, God, 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 please give me this gift of a child. And then she gave that child, Samuel, back to God. And she said, God, I will give him to you, and and he will serve you in your tabernacle. He will serve you in the tent of meeting. So at the place where we pick up the story, Samuel is 10 or 11 years old, okay, so really quite young, 10 or 11 years old, and he's actually living at the tabernacle with Eli. Eli is the old high priest. He's a judge, okay, so he is the the high priest. He is the judge. He's the leader of Israel. Eli is getting really old, and Samuel is there. We don't know exactly. We're going to read about that, something that happened during the night, We don't know exactly how it was set up. This is the tabernacle as it was out in the wilderness. When they got into the promised land, it might have changed a little bit. Okay, so it might be a little different than this. Back in this this part back here is the Holy of Holies. That's the Ark of the Covenant. And, and, And nobody could go in there except for the high priest. So Samuel would not have been there, but he was close to there, all right? So perhaps he's out here. Perhaps he's out in this area here. But we know that that Samuel and and Eli are close but far enough apart that Samuel has to run to get to Eli. Here's the story. All right. First Samuel 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, again, 10 or 11 years old. Um, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And, and that phrase sets us up. The word of the Lord was rare. Let me say a couple of things uh, about that phrase and about, about what it means. I, I think we have to recognize this was not because God didn't want to speak. It, the word of the Lord was rare, not because God was just saying, eh, I don't get anything to say to them. I don't, no, no, the word of the Lord was rare because it was rare because they weren't listening to it. 
because they didn't want to obey the word of the Lord. They weren't listening to God. They weren't listening for God. And because of that, the word of the Lord is rare. That happens time and time again. God speaks, and when we don't listen, he says, until you listen to what I've said already, you don't need more. (laughs) Why should I say more to you when you're not doing what you already know? And, 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 And so the word of the Lord was rare. I think we have to recognize, and and in order to, with a story like this, I think it's important to make the assumption that most of the people in Israel would have said, oh no, we do want to hear a word of the Lord. Speak to us. They would have sung a song like we did, right? Speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, and we want to, they would have said that's what they wanted. But the reality was, they really didn't want to hear the voice of God. The reality was, they maybe wanted to hear something from God, but you can be background music, God. You, you can kind of, yeah, we want you around just in case we have a problem. We want you around just in case we need you. But, but we really, I, I, I mean, yeah, you, you'll be on the shelf until we have a problem. How's that? But we're going to march to the beat of our own drummers. We're going to go where we want to go. And because of that attitude, the word of the Lord was rare. That There was not much of God speaking. There was not much of God being heard or listened to at all. Verse 2. One night Eli, again, old priest who, uh, and judge, high priest, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying in his usual place. Okay, the, the author of this story, the, the storyteller, wants us to recognize he's doing things in these verses on two levels, okay? Okay, and, and, and this one, think about his eyes were so weak that he could barely see. That's literally true, <laughs> That's literally true for Eli in that place. But it also was a picture of where Eli was in relationship to hearing the word of God. He's the high priest. He's the one who should be bringing the word of God to the people. He's the, the, the one who brings the needs of the people to God and the word of God to the people. But he could barely see. He could barely hear. He, he, he just couldn't really do a good job at this point of leading God's people. The lamp of God, verse 3, had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Again, probably not in the Holy of Holies, um, but, but somewhere near enough to the ark for Samuel to be there. Again, a couple of things. The, the uh, storyteller's getting us on two levels here. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Probably a literal lamp that was lit there in the tabernacle at some place, and it probably at a certain point in the night burned out. And so it wasn't quite that late. It wasn't early in the morning yet, so the lamp had not gone out. But that's also a picture of the Word of God, right? Throughout the Bible, the the Word of God is called a lamp. It's called a light. And so while it was dim, the Word of God had not gone out. And, and, And Samuel is sleeping in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Again, literally probably sleeping somewhere near the ark but it's a picture that Samuel is one who is near to God's heart. Samuel is one who has a heart that's ready to listen. And so that's why I suggest, you know what, near to, the, to where the Ark of Covenant was, maybe he was right out in that area. So Samuel is laying in bed, uh, lying in bed, uh, and Eli is, is abed as well, and this is what happens. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. But he wasn't speaking to the Lord. <laughs> Samuel ran to Eli and, and said, here I, here I am. You, you called me. I mean, you're an 11-year-old boy laying in bed at night, and he hears this the voice calling to him. And, 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 and so he 
goes and runs to Eli and says, what, what do you need? Here I am, you call me. But Eli said, I did not call. Just go back and lie down. Okay, you must have had a dream. I don't need anything. I'm fine, thanks. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, verse 6. Samuel, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. What do you need? How can I help you? And, and my son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel's going to become a hero in the story. So the storyteller has to tell us something. He said, by the way, just in case you're wondering if Samuel is really slow, no. You, you need to understand verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Okay, He hadn't learned to recognize God's voice. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Okay, so, so that's why he didn't get it right away. Okay, Samuel's not a bad person. He's not slow. He's not dim-witted. He's not against God. He is going to be God's spokesperson. Verse 8, a third time, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And then for Eli, it hits. Then Eli realized that the word that the Lord was calling the boy. And I just imagine, I just imagine what it would have been like for Eli in that moment. He was the high priest. He was the one who was God's anointed. He was the one who was supposed to be the one bringing the word of God to the people. He was the senior pastor. He was the one who was supposed to get this, and yet he never heard the word of God. It went to an 11-year-old boy. It went to somebody else. And, and, and again, for me, I just hear that and I think, oh God, help me to keep my heart soft. Help me to keep my ears open. Help me to keep my eyes open because I want to keep hearing you speak to me. But the fact is, even if we've been in service to God for a really, really long time, even if we've walked to God with God for a really, really long time, we can become just so used to it and, and so out of tune with it that we don't even hear God's voice. Eli would have been deeply convicted by this. And, and in some ways, I, I wouldn't have blamed him if he just said, Samuel, I'll tell you in the morning, but it's not good for me. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times. Samuel! Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And, and, and I'm going to stop reading here, but God speaks. And God continues to speak through Samuel, to Samuel and through Samuel. Samuel listens, and things begin to change for the people of God. It's always that way. Every great movement of God begins with a word from God. Every great movement from God begins with a word from God and somebody or some people who are willing to listen to God, who are willing to have their ears open, who are willing to receive what God is saying to them. God speaks, and we listen, and when we do, things begin to happen. It doesn't mean everything becomes easy. Okay, I'm not going to go there at all. We'll cover some more of that, but, but, but we need to listen. God spoke to Samuel. And I want to suggest that we need to recognize God still speaks today. In, in fact, I want to suggest something that in some ways is really radical here. And that is that we should be more expectant than Samuel was to hear God's voice. Because we live in the age of the Spirit. 
See, in the Old Testament, what we get is God coming, either God himself or with his spirit or sending somebody else. But God comes for a set period of time, for a set meeting to a certain person, and God brings his message. Jesus says, now I'll give you the Holy Spirit to be with you everywhere and always. And, 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 and so we, if we belong to Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit alive inside of us. And, and that spirit wants to speak to us. That spirit wants to nudge us. That spirit wants to lead us and guide us. And the question is, will we listen? Will we have hearts that listen? So let's think about that. Learning to listen for God's leading. Again, I, I, even now I, I find myself skeptical and convicted. <laughs> I find myself just torn between that and saying, all right, we're all going to start hearing from the Lord because the Holy Spirit is alive in us. I'm like, oh, I don't want you all to start saying you're hearing from the Lord because you're all going to come up with some weird things. I mean, I just, it's, it's just, that's the way it is. It's, it's, it's unusual, it's scared, but it's also a part of it. It's, it's, it's what God calls us to do. So how do we learn to listen? How do we learn to listen for those leadings? All right, what, what are some of the things we can do? The first thing I want to suggest that we have to do before anything else is, is do an honest check with ourselves about what's our motive. John Orberg talks about this, about, about honestly saying what's our motive. Because some of us, some of us really want to hear from God. We really do. And we have times when we pray like crazy and we say, God, speak to me. And we fast and we do this and God, speak to me. But I want to talk about three motives for that that are not good motives. Sometimes I think I, sometimes I think I find myself passionately asking God to speak to me. Why? Because I want insider information. Right? I mean, God is the ultimate insider. He knows the future, right? He knows what's going to happen. I want to say, God, please guide me in this decision because if I'm doing what you want, everything's going to go great. Guide me in this decision, God. I want this. I want to hear what this is because then nothing bad will happen to me. God, I want to know, should we buy this house? Should I take this job? Because if I'm in the right place, then everything's going to be honky-dory. No, that's not necessarily the case. But, but sometimes that's our motive. What we're looking for is really insider information. What I want to get is, is somehow a way to avoid problems. And, and that's not anything God promises us. He never promises to get us out of everything. He promises to get us through everything and to walk with us through everything. And, and, and so check your heart. Saying, God, speak to me. Is it because it's like, because I'd really like to hit the stock market well. Because I'd really want my business to take off. It's not the right motive. Sometimes we want to get insider information. Sometimes we want others to think of us as super Christians, right? I mean, you're in a group, and and unfortunately, we always do this. If somebody says, oh, the Lord spoke to me, I want to be able to say, you know what? The Lord spoke to me last night. I mean, it would be really fun to get up on a Sunday morning, and and I'll be honest, because you'd all think I was even more holy than you already think which wouldn't be that much of an increase necessarily. But no, I mean, it's, right? I mean, it's, this becomes a, a kind of a badge of honor. And, and sometimes it can be like, God, speak to me because I want everybody to know that I love you too. God, speak to me so that others can be impressed with me. That's not a good motive. We don't, not so that we want people to think we're super Christians. And, and, and sometimes I say, God, speak to me so I can tell others what they need to do. I, I mean, one of the most difficult Christian arguments to have is, with somebody who says, well, God told me. We're supposed to start the next building project? Yep, God told me. How do you argue with that one? I mean, (laughs) when when somebody says, God told me, 
it, it, and sometimes, let's be honest about it, it can be a manipulation technique. And, and I can, I can and, and, and I've seen people do this, but, it, you know, guess what? I can make my family do what I want because God told me we have to do this. God told me that I need to go to Hawaii for three weeks. None of those are the right motives. What, what is the right motive? The right motive is we want to hear God's voice so we can be and serve him better, so that we can be where he wants us to be, so that we can serve him better. That's why God wants to speak to us. That's the right motive, so that I can be where he wants me to be, so that I can serve him. Not so that my life necessarily goes easy, not so that everything is comfortable, but so that I can be where God wants me to be, so that I can serve him to the best of my abilities. God, speak to me so that I can become more of what you have created me to be. That's the important question of motivation. The next question I want to ask is, and, and we're not going to take a ton of time with this, though we easily could, and I'll try not to, but how, how do we do this? How can we grow better at this? I'm going to give you six things, okay? Again, I'm not going to take real long, and I'm not expecting you to remember all six. Some will be fairly brief. What I want you to do is pick out one or two. Pick out one, of these two, one or two of these six and say, all right, I'm going to try that this week. I am going to try that this week. So I want to give you six things that, that I think the Bible teaches us, six things that I've learned in my life about how we can become better listeners for God's word and, and for God's leading. First thing is this, we can learn to create time where we're silent and listening. And for a lot of us, that's got to be the first step, and we're not very good at that. The, the fact of the matter is, I don't think God is, is, is really wild about, he doesn't like to interrupt all of our busyness. He doesn't like to compete with all the other noises we put in our lives. And for some of us, we've got noise going into our ears 24-7. Unless we're sleeping, we're listening, we're watching, we're reading, we're doing something. And what I want to suggest is that if we really want to to learn to listen for God's leading, part of what we've got to do is just be quiet and say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? And to just be in silence. And to just say, God... It's awkward. I was going to make you do it for 60 seconds. I'd suggest start, just try one minute. But, but it can feel so awkward because we, we're not used to silence. We're used to noise. But, but I think it is so important for us just to create spaces. Start with 60 seconds one time a day. Then do 60 seconds two or three times a day. But one of the things that I've done, then go to two or three minutes. But one of the ways that I've done this, and, and it, I think, has been the most effective thing I've done, is I will just stop several times a day. I will just stop several times a day and say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? God, is there anything you want to show me? God, is there anybody you want to bring to mind? God, is there anything where I'm fooling myself? And then just wait in silence. Again, it feels awkward, but, but you will be surprised at your ability to just start to hear in the silence that voice of God. It most often comes quietly. And, and, and so whether it's stopping for 60 seconds before you go into work or at lunchtime or whenever it is, just saying, God, is there anything? And you just stop. And for me, what I, I've discovered, I, I start to then step back and look at all of my life. Instead of being in the midst of it, I'm stepping back and I'm saying, God, I want to hear from you. What do you see when you look at what I have in front of me this afternoon? 
Is there anything you need to show me? Anything you need to tell me? Is there a place I need to be confronted? So we can, we can begin by just learning to create times where we're silent. Times where we're not speaking. Start small. But I would really challenge you to see if you can't do 60 seconds a day every day this week. I know you say 60 seconds is nothing. Try it. Try it. It's not easy. All right, second one, we can read and memorize Scripture. The fact of the matter is this book, the Bible, is where God speaks to us most clearly. I know I've read God's Word. I know I hear God's Word because I read this book, and it's through this book. And, 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 and when we turn to this book, God speaks to us more, and it helps us with those everyday leadings. It helps us with those everyday nerd, nurse, uh, nudgings. Um, the, the Bible's the main way God speaks to us. Two things happen when we read and memorize Scripture, okay? Two things happen. One of the things that happens is we become more able to recognize God's voice. The more I read Scripture, the more I'm aware of, of God's voice. When I hear what God says, I begin to recognize it. I was told once, I don't know if this is true, but I was told once that in banks when they have tellers and you want your tellers to try to figure out how to find out if the money is real or not, you'd think on the one hand one thing they could do, and they do a little of this, but, but say well, these, are the, these are fake things. Look at this is how it's fake. This is, but you know what they do more often is they say just hold real money. Handle it. Move it around. Put it in your hands. Put it away. Fold it. Count it. Do all this stuff. And you keep doing that so that if anything fake comes through, you feel it. If anything's not real there, you just notice. It doesn't feel like the real thing. So too with the voice of God. When I become familiar with the words of Jesus, when I become familiar with the words of the Bible, I become more able to recognize God's voice. When I read and memorize scripture, the second thing that happens when I read and memorize scripture is I've given the the Holy Spirit some more tools to use. You see, what the Holy Spirit does with me most often is just kind of knocks me about here in the back of my head and says, remember this? Proverbs 10, 19 is a great one to memorize. It says this, when words are many, sin is not absent. Boy, do preachers need to hear that one. Do all of us need to hear that one? When words are many, sin is not absent. You talk enough, Ron, you're going to get into gossip. You talk enough, Ron, you're going to start saying stuff you shouldn't say. When words are many, sin is not absent. If you are wise, you will keep quiet. And, and, and I have that in my head, and the Holy Spirit sometimes hits me and says, uh, Ron, remember when words are many, sin is not absent? Oh, yeah, I'll be quiet now. I'll be quiet now. John 13 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. That, that's how you know. And, 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 and so, and I'm with a group of other Christians, and they're frustrating me. This is how they'll know you love one another. That's how, this is how it runs. Everybody's going to know you're my disciple, that you love one another. Yep, even them. That's what you got to do. We give the Holy Spirit those tools. All right. Really, we're going to start moving here. We can learn to create time when we're silent listening. We can read and memorize scripture. Third, we can listen to God's leading through others. One of the ways God speaks to me is, is he speaks to me through others. Again, the Bible is the main way God speaks to us, but others can bring God's words to us. Others can bring God's words to us. I don't know exactly what God's audible voice sounds like, but I know that God's word sometimes comes to me through my friend David and through my friend Daniel and through my friend Eric and through my wife Tammy and through my daughter Kaylee and... The word of God often comes to me from the people around me. And sometimes the people around us can see things that we can't see or hear things we can't hear. And God speaks to us through them. 
so we can listen to God's leading through others. Fourth, we can obey what we know. We can obey what we know. This was the problem in in Samuel's day. God had spoken to them, and they weren't doing it. They weren't listening to it. And and, and so God tends to say, you know what? I'm not going to give you new leadings when you haven't followed the old ones. And, And so some of it is, am I doing what I know God calls me to do? Am I doing what he's already made clear? If I'm not loving my neighbor, if I'm not loving God, if I'm not speaking the truth in love, if I'm not doing those things, why would I expect God to give me a special leading? Why would I expect God to give me a special urging? So we can obey what we know. All right, again, four. We can learn to create time when if, and, and, and where we're silent and listening. We can read and memorize scripture. Three, we can listen to God's leading through others. We can obey what we know. Five, this is really important. We can recognize, friends, that we won't always hear something or feel a leading. I will tell you, for me, it's not half the time. <laughs> okay? I, I, I got to just, you know, because sometimes when you do this, like, oh, yeah, now God speaks to me all the time. It's, it's well under half the time that I'm when I'm saying, God, is there anything? Sometimes I'll get a verse that comes into my head. Sometimes I'll see a face. Sometimes I'll do that. And I'm not even sure that that's God or not. But, but you know what? We, we don't, you don't have to force anything, Okay? I think what God's more interested in is that we have a heart that just desires and gives him the opportunity to speak to us. We say, God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God, I I really do want to be where you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. So we can recognize that we're not always going to. So take the pressure off, okay? Don't walk out of here and say, oh, by next week Sunday, I'm going to say to Ron, yeah. I, I had this picture come in my head of this person, and I called them, and they said, how did you know that I needed you to call me? And it's like, oh, God, it's so good. I hope that happens, but if it doesn't, that's okay. Okay? No pressure. What God cares about more is our heart being open. All right, that's more important. And then finally, we can learn to check out the leadings we experience. Okay, we don't just get a word and say, yep, this is the word of the Lord, and I'm done with anybody else. No, you feel like this is, you know, you get a leading from God, we check it out against Scripture, because God is not going to lead you through his spirit to do something that is against what this book says. Okay? Don't care how clearly you think it's God's voice. If God is telling you, if that voice inside your head is telling you to do something that goes against God's word, it isn't God speaking. Okay? Check it out against Scripture. Check it out with wise friends. I think God is calling me to do this. Do you think this might be the case? You don't give them control over everything you do, but, but you check it out with wise friends. And, and then check the leadings out for servanthood, okay? Because we've got a Savior, Jesus said to us in Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, move to Hawaii, and enjoy the beach. No. Must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. You say, God is telling me to do this. I, I always struggle with that, and, and again, I, 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 no, I can't decide with anybody, but how many pastors do you know who get called from megachurches to Podunk, Iowa for, for, for 75 people? That seems to me what Jesus kept doing, but apparently God doesn't tell, God only calls pastors to bigger churches. God only calls us to more success, and I sometimes wonder, do we really miss the servanthood of Jesus? And, and so if you get a leading, is it, is it rooted in serving or is it rooted in yourself? We can learn to check out those leadings. So how can we be better listeners? Go through all six again and again. My suggestion is, my request is, pick out one or two of them, okay? 
pick out one or two of them. Is it this one? We can learn to create time when we're silent and listening. Do you say, I'm going to try that 60 seconds. I'm going to try that once a day for the next week. Three times next week. Let's, let's be honest. Who are we trying to kid? You're not going to do anything. I mean, yeah, right. And I'm not going to eat chocolate next week either. No, I mean, just try it a few times. We can learn to, to create time we're silent, where we're silent and listening. We can read and memorize scripture. Maybe you pick one of those verses. Maybe it's a separate, verses, a separate verse, but, but give the Holy Spirit some tools, some cards to play with. We can listen for God's leading through others. Ask yourself, is this the voice of God coming to me through my spouse, through my friend, through whoever it is? We can obey what we know. Maybe you say, you know, God, I, I, I know already what you want me to do. Help me to have the strength to do it. We can recognize that we won't always hear something or feel maybe you need to take the pressure off. And we can check out the leadings we experience. Friends, God wants to speak to us. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know exactly what that feels like. But I, I believe that I have had those times where I've experienced God's leading. Never an audible voice. But I just want to invite you to join me this morning in saying, God is so good. God is so loving and he's so full of grace. And again, he might want to say to you this morning, forgiveness, 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 acceptance, love, whatever it is. Again, God's leadings are not just things to do. A lot of times God's leadings are just words of grace and comfort. Are we listening? Are we listening? Let's pray together. Father, we're good at talking. And we're good at listening to others so that we know how to tell them what they need to hear. Teach us to be quiet and to listen for your voice that says to us that you love us and that you invite us to love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand, please, to receive God's parting word of benediction? Again, following the service, there are going to be some folks from Hillside gathering in the prayer room over to that side if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to gather there with some folks. Um, Jolene DeHere is here. She's going to be doing an adult education class, I think, in room 16. Is that where it is? Behind me. So uh, that'll be at 11 o'clock. I invite you to stick around for that. People of God, as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with you. Amen.